Hi, and welcome to Better Words. My name is Caitlin, and I'm just a bookish babe. I'm Michelle, and I blog at the Unfinished Bookshelf. Ah, and guess what? I know we've mentioned this in our past couple of episodes because we're actually kind of terrible at planning, but we've been saying, oh, this will probably air when Michelle's in the UK. Yeah, no. Terrible at planning, bad at, yeah, planning. Um, but hopefully good at content on the podcast. Yeah, well, Hope we, you're we planned it. ahead. <laughs> just for more than we think. It's like, I don't know why we recorded so many episodes thinking that. We're worse people. We're not numbers. Yeah, that people. it was for when you were going to be away because we always knew that you were going away for four weeks and that's only four episodes. We recorded like seven. <laughs> exactly. We recorded too many. But now, guess what? Today, whatever day it is, no, it's going to be a Wednesday if you're listening to us to this when the episode airs. Yes, but in that's Australian time. I probably will just be getting to my friend's house in the UK by by about the time or I will be yeah, sleeping probably. off my jet lag. Either way, Michelle will actually be in the UK when this So is. exciting. I and can't we wait. need it for real this time. <laughs> Although the funniest thing is I still haven't packed when we're recording this. <laughs> Whatever, this is important T minus 48 hours to go. <laughs> nothing packed. That's right. Oh, well. Whatever. I've got, I've got a, no, I've got a list. Um, I've checked it twice. Um, and <laughs> I know it's really lame. Christmas jokes in October. Yeah. Especially Yay. since I'm the Grinch who hates Christmas. Mm. Anyway, I've got a list and I think I've got everything. It's just a matter of packing it all. Yeah. So I haven't, so it's not like I've left everything. To you'll be fine. Minute. You can pack tomorrow right now. Um, but you're just, gonna, yeah. Just so you fun. know, yeah. we're recording a couple of intros for our next couple of episodes. Got some games and stuff lined up. Yes. Um, and in honour of the fact that I'm going to be going to the UK um, and, you know, uh, the weekend after this airs, I'm going to be in Liverpool, which is like, you know, the holy ground for me. Yeah, exactly. um, and in honour of the fact I'm going to be scouting out some Harry Potter locations. I'm also going to try and go to a certain little cafe in Edinburgh. Oh, um, God. I'm so excited. <laughs> We thought we would do a little bit of trivia. We're going to try and test each other on the hardest questions for our specific knowledge areas. So Caitlin is Both testing of which me. Are the complete heart of the UK. Yeah, it's it's basically this is the best of British. Everyone listening is probably like, oh, we get it, Beatles and Harry Potter. Just get to the question. Okay, so Caitlin, I um, do we want to do like one at a time? That's probably going to be confusing. Let's just do the Harry Potter. You ask okay. me Harry Potter ones first, and then I'll get to my what is probably actually quite an easy <laughs> Beatles quiz for you. Is so. it like name who was in the Beatles? No. Okay, good. Okay. I tried um, to be. I was Googling today. I was like, hardest, <laughs> hardest ever. I was like, the hardest Beatles quiz. But trivia. see, I have the same problem with you because you basically carried our team into the second point by half a by like half a point. We came second in Harry Potter trivia locally. So and that was that was all on you. So I also had a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um so you how many questions did you have? I don't want to bombard you. Um I went, I think I've only got like five for you. Okay, so. well I'm cheating. Um and by cheating I mean I'm reading some questions off of Huffington Posts. The hardest Harry Potter quiz you'll ever take. Can you stupefy this impossible 100 question quiz? Oh, 100. Oh, shit. I was going to say, we're if not going like, to do like, I no. was like, if it's like 10, we can probably just do it. Right? But we're just going to do the first five because okay, you can't one. like go for, oh, you can actually go for, okay. So I'll just pick some at random. Okay. <clears throat> 
Oh, this is a Question good one. one. This is a good one because you just bought the illustrated edition of The Prisoner of Azkaban oh, okay. and it's like your favourite. Okay. In Prisoner of Azkaban, Ron gets a new wand after his hand-me-down wand was broken the previous year. wonder what that was broken by. What wood was the new wand made of? I have given you multiple choice. Okay. I haven't. Huffington Post have. And by the way, we're going to link this quiz, obviously, so if you can go mad yeah. doing all 100 questions, which Caitlin's probably going to do all night tonight now. Yeah, probably. So what wood was the new wand made of? Holly, oak, willow, or birch? I'm pretty sure it's holly. Let's see. Something I wonder in... if this will tell me. Oh, no, no. Wait, before you tell me uh, the answer. No, no, excuse. Like, yeah, because we've got this lock it in Eddie rule here. It's like, it's like who wants to be a millionaire? You okay, yeah. sorry. I think you just clicked it, but it's showing you what the correct answer is, right? Mm-hmm. Can I say willow? Yes. <laughs> yes. No, you, that doesn't count. You already told me the answer and I clicked it before you. Next but, time I'll be more generous. Okay, sorry. Okay. But willow is correct. Willow is I second, correct. I had to go back for yes, a second. Yes, but if this was who wants to be a millionaire, you wouldn't be winning anyway. I w- yeah, I would have lost. So, okay. fair enough. Ooh, okay. These are, like, really difficult. Um, well, that's too easy. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I was just, I was like, I won't just do the first five. Maybe I will. Oh, okay. Who was the last person to be sorted before Harry's turn in the Philosopher's Stone? Was it Draco Malfoy, Sally Ann Perks, Pavati Patil or Pansy Parkinson? I'm so glad I stomped you. This is great. Well, guess what? M does not come before Potter. <laughs> Patil and Parkinson's are P-A and Perks is P-E. So so which one is it? Pretty sure Sally and Perks isn't even a person, so I'm going to go Pansy Parkinson. Oh, oh it I was Sally and Perks. Oh! I was like, they probably just threw in a fake name. Oh, my God. I'm failing. Okay. These are hard. I'm picking the hard ones too. I'm not going to be like, there was one in there that was like, which guest got blown up at the, like, which everyone knows is on Before Rubius Hagrid began teaching care of magical creatures, who last held that position? Professor Bradley Frank. Oh, you don't even have to give you the answer. Oh, it's wrong. What? It says it will Sylvanas Kettleburn. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what it says. Um, I don't think so. Oh, far out. We'll have to go to the video ref on this one. Let me open up a new window and just let me let me find this. I, oh I, I don't know. Care of that. Just let, a little interlude here. Let's see what the Care of Magical Creatures Wikipedia page has to say. Oh, actually, no, it's some other Wikipedia page. <gasps> no, Grubbly Pank was the substitute for Hagrid. I thought they just brought back the old teacher. Oh, my gosh, I'm really failing at my Harry Potter trivia. I'm actually so happy because, like, I wanted something that was really hard because, like I said, like, you carry our Harry Potter team. That was three, so. Pretty sure you're going to all my biggest questions are so easy. Never. I don't know. You never know. All right. Okay. Oh, that was super easy. Mm. 
I'm just trying to find another hard one. When Harry receives his OWL results, he's gotten one outstanding in what subject? Defense against dark arts. He got extra points for producing a fully <laughs> fledged Patronus. Okay. Good job. Okay. <laughs> it's really funny. Sorry, this is, I just think that this bit in the book is really funny because, like, they're all going through their exams and his examiner is like, is it true you can do a Patronus? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, want to do one for extra credit? And he's like, sure. sure. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, and just does it. It's really funny. Oh, this might, this might get so this you. this is question number five. This is question number five. Last question. Actually, it's 69 on the quiz, but question number five. At the beginning of the series, Harry ends up attending Dudley's birthday outing with his aunt, uncle, and Dudley's best friend. What was the friend's name? Ooh. Was it Dennis Dilby, Malcolm Mulkins, Greg Grindle, or Piers Polkus? Piers Polkus. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. I was like, I don't so think I can just get that off the top of my head. But I, I am going yeah. to um, – so, you know, it was actually quite a hard quiz. Yeah. Um, I only got I'm going to I'm gonna send you the link to that so you can do that, the full yeah. 100 questions. I want to know what you get. I'll see how many I can get out of 100. And then you can put that in the show notes for everyone yeah. to see. <laughs> Okay. And we'll put the link so you can you can test yourself too. Okay, I'm so excited. Right, okay. here we go. So Hold your phone up. I don't I, want to see I it. have a feeling that a couple of them actually might be really easy and a couple of them you won't. Okay. okay. So my first question, I'm just going to read them in order. I kind of made up my own questions. Okay. Where did the Beatles officially break up? Officially? Mm-hmm. Like in terms of like a court decision or? I don't know. Uh, where or when? Where. Where. Um, there's no multiple choice. No, I told oh, you. I kind of oh, you just made it up. <laughs> from like a trivia fact. Um, oh. I do have a true or false question. But that's yeah. a really good question. So you don't know. I um, thought this might be like a fun well, fact thing that like everyone knew. No, I, I don't. Look, I'm not going to say I don't know yet though. Um. Because, I mean, like, I feel like the obvious answer would be Abbey Road Studios, but I don't think that's false because I think they officially broke up in court, but I don't know which court it was because they had to dissolve the band. The answer I have is not court. I'm getting too intense. Okay. What is it? I'm intrigued. Okay. So the thing I was looking up was um, I think – this, is, this probably came from an article that was like 30 facts you definitely don't know about Beatles. Oh, my God. Send me that. Yeah. God. Anyway. <laughs> but um, it said, I think it this answer is taken from like an excerpt from like a book that like one of John Lennon's girlfriends has written or something. Do you mean like Cynthia Lennon's book, John? No, it wasn't that one. Oh, because that was his ex-wife. Yeah. I don't Very know. good book, by the way. Put a link to that one on the show notes, please. Okay. It's great. I don't know. Anyway, the answer I have got is Disney World. What? So apparently, like, John Lennon and, like, whoever, I guess, was his girlfriend. Yoko Ono. I don't – well, I don't think it was her because, like, everyone knows Yoko Ono. So I don't know where this answer came from and it may well be wrong. But the thing said was, like, he – like, that's where, like, he signed the paper or, like, that's where – he, like, was on the phone talking to the others. Like, it was some kind of, like, not official court thing or, like... But that seems... I, I know. Okay, this is, it seems like weird. it's probably the wrong answer, but 
Maybe we'll look it up and reference this wherever this came from. (laughs) That's very weird. Because I didn't know he had any girlfriends apart from like Cynthia and. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was like someone who was pregnant. He got Sydney pregnant pretty early. So then they were together and the band was big and then he met Yoko. I don't know. Maybe it was someone who like was one of his assistants or something and wrote this book. Who knows? Cool. Um, Because it definitely wasn't Cynthia and it wasn't Yoko, I know. Okay. Because like I would have known. Yeah, you would have, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so true or false? Okay. Were the Beatles the first band to feature the devil horns rock hand symbol on an album cover? False. True. What? They were the, they were the first ones to do like What this. album cover is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't question. know where you got this stuff from. That is weird. <laughs> They've, they never did that. It was the I'm 60s. Looking. I don't think that was invented then. Well, clearly it was because I'm pretty sure they did it. I'm I don't think they did. I want to know where you got this stuff from. I'm very questionable. Maybe I should have just used a Huffington Post quiz like you did. <laughs> yeah, well, then I then I didn't have to do any research. Well, see, I put some effort. Okay, I appreciate oh your effort. I'm Googling where the Beatles the first person to use the, like, the hand symbol and okay. where the Beatles really that good is the first thing. Fuck you, Google. <laughs> Fuck you, Google. Honestly. Yellow submarine. Oh, hang on. Here we go. Wait, wait, wait. Go up. Read a bit. So in 1966, Beatles released the single Yellow Submarine with Eleanor Reed. The cover of the single, so it's not actually an album. Whatever. The cover, fi- well, it's a totally different thing. Single, but like it was like the cover of it. That's Of a single. Back then, singles had completely different out. It wasn't like now where you just have the same song. Yeah, I know, and, but yeah. like the cover of it was the, so it was the first time the Devil's The cover featured thing. John Lennon making a hand sign similar to today's version of the Devil's Horns. His thumb is out and rather than his palm, the back of his hand is facing forward. So it's like that. Not like that. That is so cool. I didn't know that. So, yes. I'm really – that's really cool. Apparently, he's the first one. Like, Hang on. I'm going like to look it up now just to see. That Yellow. was the first time it was featured on, like, an, on a cover. Album. That's really cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that one. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. yeah you're right. That's very cool. We'll have to make sure we put that in yeah. the show notes so people okay. can see it. Also, just just quietly, um, even though I own every Beatles album, Yellow Submarine is the only one I don't own because there are only two songs I actually wrote for it. The rest is um, like a musical score from the movie. Oh. Like it's not actually because they didn't have very much involvement with Yellow Submarine as a, a thing. Oh, so it's got like two new songs on it and that's about it. Because yeah, okay. the song Yellow Submarine is actually from Revolver. It was right. already a song and then they it decided to, yeah. to play on that for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they only wrote, like, two new songs for it and it really was just, like, a like shit, like, they were in the middle of fighting a lot and stuff. So oh, I was just okay. like, oh, yeah, I'm not buying that. <laughs> so I have two more questions. Okay. These. Wait, we only did two questions so far. Oh, shoot. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You get to look up an extra one. After. Oh, great. Um, okay, how many original compositions did the Beatles record? Record? Holy shit, I don't even know. Is this no... like... Oh, my God. <laughs> See, that? that's that's hard because they, like, Paul says he reckons that John and him wrote probably, like... Not own, wrote. No, no. Recorded. I'm, but that's the thing. Like, At least. But what I'm saying is that's a really hard question because... He reckons they wrote, like, over 350 songs together. He can't even remember the number. And then that's not even what they recorded. Like, yeah. that's amazing. Um, 
Do they have to release it? Does it have to be released? Yeah. I think so. I think that's where I got this number from. So take a guess. I'm going to say 150. No. So the list that I got this from was just like list of the Beatles songs like that they released. Yeah. Apparently it was just over 400 and 100 and something were covers or like re-recordings or whatever. So 237 (gasps) apparently. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, this is the best quiz ever. Good yeah. on you, Caitlin. Oh, I'm so Thank glad you. that yeah. I did I know. I'm so glad that both of our quizzes yeah. are stumping each other. Yeah. Great. So, I don't know. Again, I thought that that might be something that's, like, the number that, you know, because, like, you know, diehard Friends fan there's 236 episodes. It wouldn't be amazing if there were 237, though. Yeah. That would be really cool. But, yeah, so that's because 22 to 24 and then season but anyway um no but that's the thing like Paul has now said like he can't even remember how many songs he's written in his lifetime mm. because it's just so they used to Too just many. churn them out now the last okay. question I have I kind of I completely made this up myself oh and you can sort of go through and try and you don't have to like guess straight away okay think about it okay so how many songs did the Beatles record that start with an a see how many you can oh count my out. god uh... see how many you can count out I wrote them all down. This is, again, just from, like, the wiki list. Wow. It's re- I, like, everything's gone blank. I'm like, I can't even. Uh, no. Wait, How do I have to say how many there were? You can guess. Take a guess at how many, and I'll tell you what they were. Anyway. Um, I'm going to guess 56. 56 songs that start with A. I don't know. I was mostly. I just told you there's 237 songs total. Oh, right. Wait. No, I'll revise it then. Yeah. I'll take it down to, like, 26. Okay, that's much better. But yeah, I just was only, like, yeah. Like, think of it. So there's 26 letters in the alphabet. Yeah, but how many songs did you say they'd released all up? Like 400. Yeah. Okay, so it's actually 14. Oh, okay. Across the Universe, yep. Act Naturally, oh. Ain't She Sweet, All I've Got to Do, All My Loving, All Things Must Pass, All Together Wait, now. no, that doesn't count. Oh, why not? All Things Must Pass was written by George Harrison. It was a solo song. It's not a Beatles Ooh. song. Wiki's wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, Wiki is dumb, so that's okay. why. All together now, all you need is love. Oh, and my God. Why didn't I think of that yeah. one? <laughs> um, and I love her. And your bird can sing Anna. Go get him. Go to, go him. to him or whatever. Um, another girl, anytime at all, and ask me why. So 13 gonna... or 14. According to Wiki. That's good. Okay, well, it's 13 then. Yeah. Because... All Things Must Pass is definitely George Harrison. Oh, there's this great Beatles quiz on here I'm going to do, which is, look, do it now, obviously. Can you guess the Beatles song from its opening lyric? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I know. Of course I can guess all these. I can see, I'm singing them in my head. Yeah. In the town where I was born, (laughs) lived a man. Wait, I'm just going to – how big of a Beatles fan are you? This was the one. This was the one. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. I'm going to I'm gonna test myself on this because I know the answer. What was the only song written by George Harrison to be released as a single? And I happen to know the answer is something because that happens to be my favourite Beatles song oh. ever. And it's right. Yeah, good job, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says – those jerks wouldn't let poor George have a single until their last album. Real generous. That is true that he struggled a lot because how can you compete with Lennon and McCartney? Yeah. 
But if you think George oh, had a bad poor Ringo, they were all just like, Ringo, you're just rewriting old songs you've heard. No one cares about Ringo. Oh, I love Ringo. I know, but, like, that's what I mean. It's I know, like, yeah. No one cares about Ringo. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, we've recorded a lot, um, and that was really fun. Thank. We're both, like, learned a lot. Yeah, ourselves. surprised ourselves. I thought you were going to get those Harry Potter questions easy, and you thought I was going to get the Beatles. So. Yeah. Anyway, I guess that just shows. So, actually... Um, you'll hear a bit more about the Beatles and Harry Potter in the episode that we're recording yeah, because yeah, <laughs> because um, the episode that will play immediately after I finish talking right now um, is about our book collections. So enjoy. Enjoy. Bye. Ready to talk about our book collections? Always and forever. Oh, <laughs> that was quite a beautiful sentiment, Michelle. <laughs> okay. So the first thing I think... We've covered this a little bit before, but mm. um, where we buy books. Yes. So, obviously, I'm sure we've mentioned this a hundred times and you're like, ugh, shut up. But we barely have a bookshop in Rockhampton. We have, like, Big W and Target or whatever. Mm. Um, well, I mean, I found some good um, new releases there. Like, I think, didn't you buy Remind Me How This Ends by Gab Tozer there? I did, yeah, because it was like a new release. Yeah, and, and I got Rosie so. Waterland's Every Lie I've Ever Told, but it's really only good for new releases. Yeah, like if we're going to go and get a book when it's new and quite popular, I mean... It, Gab, it has know, to be popular yeah. too. It can't be any like... And it's not very good for nonfiction either. No, no, it's not. Except Rosie Waterland's yeah. book, but she's Although I did popular. get Everyday Sexism in Big W, oh, but it was you? the only copy. Oh, oh well, yeah, because it's like a few years old now. It's kind of strange yeah. that they even had it in Big yeah, W, no, to be I, honest. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But anyway. Um, so where do you buy books? Like we went a bit crazy in Brisbane. Um, yes. We deliberately did a bit of a bookshop crawl. We visited um, a good couple of stores, yeah. including Dimmicks. And folio books and archive reads was this a- archive fine books yeah 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 something like that Archives oh it was books. there were it was gorgeous there were bookshelves like there were just rows and rows of bookshelves books to the roof oh it was beautiful. and it's all secondhand and like yeah yeah um, but they also that was a have beautiful store really like specialized. Um, original editions and stuff I found a 1954 I think copy of Agatha Christie's um 415 to Paddington which you know I'm not a huge Agatha Christie fan but I loved like the noir vintage cover um so I couldn't resist it it was really nice um but when I'm buying online, I actually – Dimmicks is, like, my go-to because of their reward system. Like, their loyalty mm-hmm. card system works because I'm very loyal to them. <laughs> um, and then by the time we went to Brisbane, I had, like, $13 saved up to redeem on a book. It was excellent. Yeah. I mean, that is – they do have a pretty good rewards program. Mm. I'm sure I'll be buying online from there more often. Um, apart- where do you buy now? Um, yeah. Buy? I mean, when I do, I usually – you know, check a couple of places and book depository always ends up being the cheapest, which... And the no shipping is like... It's such a good deal. You do have to pay for shipping, but I like to support them because I know they're Aussie. Exactly. And I do feel a bit strange sometimes where I'm like, because book depository is Mm. UK and... But you do get a free bookmark. And I love my book depository bookmarks. I do kind of like pick and choose. So if I'm buying a UK book... I 
will tend to get it from book depository um i also buy my textbooks there for uni because they're so much cheaper yeah um but then if it's an australian author it doesn't make any sense to buy it from book depository when it would have been shipped over there anyway and so it's i always get that from australian i think most of the books i buy from book depository international yeah are you know american or british or and they're can they can be quite expensive once you factor in like once they've come to Australia and stuff they can end up being like quite expensive especially like non-fiction mm. so for example I got control alt delete which I, I never shut up about I know but I got that from book depository because um, I, I simply couldn't find it in Australia um, but it was probably like I feel like around the 20 20-ish dollar mark but then I know that being non-fiction in Australia that probably would have been $40 yeah even though it's quite a slim volume yeah well that's slim volume god what am I saying yeah but no it's all right we know what you mean so So, yes that's probably enough really about like where we buy books like we've sort of talked about that a bit before and And book buying is a big part of book collecting it is but I do want do want to talk about secondhand books because we do actually have a fair i mean like it like everywhere Mm, we have a lot we have a lot of up shops yeah yeah you know vinnie's lifeline salvation army like you know there's variations and other secondhand shops um a couple of um secondhand bookshops as well yeah Um, have you ever found any like really good finds yeah have, have repetitive. i have i found any fines <laughs> um actually i think one of my better secondhand bookshop finds is oh a couple of well yeah a while ago now i um there's a secondhand bookshop in yapoon called yellow door books Yes. Um, and they're actually quite they've got quite the collection and it's <laughs> it is secondhand but all very good editions and very good you know quality and everything like that and um I absolutely absolutely adore Cecilia Ahern yes. and will pretty much buy any book of hers that I don't own if mm. I come across it and usually with Cecilia Ahern especially secondhand bookshops what you come across is like P.S. I love you. And is it like and, the movie version? Yeah. The movie cover? You know, yeah. So, mm. but like I already own it, read it. So, yeah. No. But um, in, yeah, Yellow Door, I found The Gift, which is a little Christmas one, I believe. And <laughs> The Book of Tomorrow or something, which is one of her early ones, but it's supposed to be very, very good. And I've never, I've never seen either of those two anywhere before, obviously, because oh. otherwise I'd already own them. Yeah, yeah. But that's so. Cool. Yeah. Two new Cecilia <laughs> Hearn books for me. Yay. <laughs> I kind of feel the same about um, Sophie Kinsella, like some mm. of her solo work, not Shopaholic and not her new stuff. I found at like Lifeline book sales and stuff like that. And those old books of hers are really funny. Um, yeah. That, Have you read, um, sorry, just sidetracked <laughs> here. Have you read Finding Audrey? No, I haven't yet. Yeah, that's I her actually, first way. Yeah, Did you I like actually it? I really enjoyed that. Have you read, read her other? No, I've never oh. read anything else that she's written. Mm. Her, um, see one of her old ones, Can You Keep a Secret? 
I think I actually had an asthma attack because I was laughing so much. Like, <laughs> it is so funny. Oh, um, so yeah, her fun. kind of like her old solo ones are really like good. before she started doing the Shopaholic series. I think or? Shopaholic had started to come out, but they weren't like as big. Like it was definitely they were written before the movie yeah, came out. Pre-movie, yeah. which we've said a couple of times is a favorite. Love that movie. Anyway, <sighs> um, Mr. Successful Saving. <laughs> oh, love it. I love that movie. My all-time, I feel like there's this all-time girl power moment, best friend moment in that movie mm. where, um, oh, what's what's that actress's name? Kristen Ritter is like, oh, he'd love you in that dress or whatever. And she's like, oh, don't talk about him. And he's like, what happened? And Isla Fisher just goes, Alicia bitch and long legs is what happened. And she's like, oh, I hate her. <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> and I'm like, that is solidarity. Yes. Like, yes. Sticking yes. by your friend. Oh, gosh, like, I love oh, that hate movie. Hater, who are we talking about again? <laughs> love that so much. Oh, yeah, that is a really good movie. That's my pick-me-up movie. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, movie. I found yeah, some of so. her stuff there. And I think I've talked before about, well, maybe I have, but I've definitely talked to you about it before, mm. about how there are certain editions of Jodie Picou books I collect. So I, there are, because there have been like several yeah, recovers of everything. Yeah. Um, and I pick like, yes, there are two happens. particular types. There are probably, I think there are about three or four different sets of covers. Yeah. And I picked two and I collect one or the other. And yeah. I think I've got them all now. Yeah. I know where they've done that with Monica McAherney's books now. Yeah. And the new ones are beautiful. But, like, the others all match so well. and They did that with Kate Morton yeah. and I got The Lake House. That's, like, the first Kate Morton because I listened to all the others via audio. And then Kate Morton's, like, latest release was The Lake House and it came out in the big, like, trade paperback yeah. and matched all the others. But then they released it and all the others with new, smaller. So I've started my other collection of them and now I'll buy them all. But they'll be all small and they'll be, like, the, the odd one out. Oh, yeah, Which actually brings me to like our next point. It will go on a different part of my bookshelf because I put all those big trade paperbacks together. How do you like, do you have any specific rules about organizing your bookshelf? Actually, this kind of brings us back to Cecilia O'Hearn. Is that all of <laughs> Oh yeah, all Cecilia your copies O'Hearn. are different sizes. They're all different and it really bugs me. But again, a lot of them are secondhand. So mm. I have... Um, like I said, P.S. I love you. I have it's like you know, like the smaller one. It's, it's the like tiny a like a one. library edition yeah. or something. It's tiny. It's a smaller one. Um, I think that's the only one of hers I've got that. Oh no, maybe I have another one that's that size. Um, but I have the movie cover for, for Love, love Rosie, Rosie, which, which is was actually where the movie rainbows name. Yeah, because it yes, was where rainbows right. end. Yes. <laughs> um, then I have some bigger ones, like for thanks for the memories and like another one or something and then more recent releases have similar covers and they're like like there's one that's like the marble collector i don't know they've got like the same font and everything now so like yeah they're like, like, like they've got that lovely foil touch yeah so they? like the marble collector and like flawed and perfect mm. so like it's similar. and they're like a trade paperback size aren't they they're like yes, a bigger, bigger paperback yeah so mm. yep all my Cecilia Hearn books are different and it kind of bugs me. So do you set them together on the shelf because they're all Cecilia Hearn or do you do them by size? In my most, um, as we're recording this, my most recent organised bookshelf, 
um, I did have all of my Cecilia Ahern books together with, I had all like my bigger paperbacks, like Love Osway anthology, like, you know, all those big mm. ones that are that size. Transitioning up, into. Transitioning into the <sighs> Cecilia Ahern. So I had yeah, like them all lined up and then the bigger Cecilia Ahern ones and then like normal paperback Cecilia Ahern and then the little ones like on top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but That's yes, a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it worked. So yes, bookshelf organization. Most recently I did have it based on size and sometimes author. Like I've, because I own like at least like five or whatever, Rainbow Rowell and John Green, mm. I keep them together usually because they're all the same size as well. And yeah, keeping authors together um, and size based as well. I like to keep authors together, but like size kind of rules for me. So mm. Um, so yeah, my new Jodie, and I also have like a rule about like my new books go in one bookshelf and my secondhand books go on another bookshelf because I am OCD tendencies when it comes yeah. to my books. So I like yeah, to keep I don't them separate. Mind, I don't mind about, you know, firsthand, secondhand that much. Um, so yeah, I do like all my new trade paperback size Jodie Piku books, um, I actually have them like stacked on top of one another, mainly because I used to have them all like standing. Like, Takes up so vertical. much room. But They're yeah, big books. I, I mean, once I got back from university and I'd started blogging and I'd bought all these books, suddenly I was like, oh, I'm going to have to start stacking. So now my bookshelf is like a game of Tetris mm-hmm. with like some stacked up and then some stacked in between and then more stacks up and stuff. So I've actually started... Like I'm, I'm really proud of myself. This is this is a moment for me because I, I challenged the OCD I felt about the sizes and like the top row of my bookshelf, I actually have mixed in sizes and shapes and stuff. And I'm actually quite proud of myself for not being yeah. so anal about like I mean, you've getting got it to perfect. sometimes because some are odd sizes. Mm. Like for example, um, trying to keep authors together my louise o'neill books only ever yours is like a normal paperback size but then for asking for it i wanted the cover that kind of matched they both had like a doll on the front cover and so for me it was more important that the covers like match so i got the hardback which is slightly taller but i want them to sit together yeah so yeah I, i so i kind of do by size but i'm trying to challenge myself in little ways without damaging my books because i i can't cope with that but yeah. just to kind of not be so everything has to yeah. be perfectly matched not be so paranoid about the size mm. yeah well I know I know <laughs> and I'm gonna have to rearrange with all the new books I bought like in Brisbane and probably bringing some back from overseas with me but not too many but I'm gonna have to like yeah. rearrange for sure I know well I mean odd odd size books kind of not bug me because often they're quite beautiful the two that actually always spring to mind is actually summer skin by kirstie egar that paperback is like a tad taller and you know what it's a different size to all my other kirstie egar books so i'm not sitting them together at the moment <laughs> because yeah. she goes she actually though i do have a bit of a system where i, I like to try and do books by the covers so like i'll group kind of not rainbow, but I might group like some moodier colors together and then I might do some brighter colors over in another corner. It's it's very yeah. hard to explain, but I like to kind of group them like that. So like, for example, I have Panther by David Owen. That's like a, a red cover and I have it next to um, 
The Next Together by Lauren James and that's like an orange cover and then I have like another like yellow cover or something next to it and they kind of flow a little bit um, without being like rainbow. I think about that sometimes a little bit because once I've broken down from size and I've got I mean lots let's be real we're complaining a little bit about size but most books are like you know your same standard paperback size and I do try and arrange so that you know the not rainbow, not necessarily in mm. any color scheme, you know, but, but books that so complement each other. Exactly, so they don't end up with like four red books next to each other. Yeah. I like, you know, space them out a little so bit. So once I've done that, I then have a, like a tiny little feminist section, which is like mm. Gloria Steinem's autobiography. Yeah, I keep all shrill, my memoirs and um, like sort of fiction y. I've added in like my Kate Tempest book there and then like Summer Skin is up there because that's ultra feminist and I love it and then like Louise O'Neill's books because they're super feminist and then next to that like transitioning I have a bunch of like non-fiction books about journalism so I have Spotlight yeah which I haven't read even though you know by now it's one of my favorite movies um and I have like a couple of like political books um and like Helen Garner's nonfiction and stuff yeah. that just kind of working with like the journalism theme mm-hmm. and some other random nonfiction like history books I have in there. And then the rest is like all fiction. And then like right down the bottom is all my Harry Potter books. Yeah. I keep and my Beatles my, books. <laughs> yeah. I keep all my nonfiction together as well. The majority is like memoirs and stuff. But like mm. I already mentioned, I have like Everyday Sexism and um, a couple of books that are like short story collections kind of i have this one mm. which is really funny it's like it's called he died with a falafel in his hand oh i've heard of that yeah, yeah it's yeah. i haven't read it yet but yeah it's very very funny um but yeah interesting like harry potter books on the bottom i'm gonna be real i have a whole separate bookshelf yes that's it's like a three shelf one and um if you follow me on Instagram at Just a Bookish Babe, it's the green one that I always have books on top of for photos. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, that bookshelf has basically the top shelf is J.K. Rowling, it's Harry Potter, and everything that goes with it, and the Casual Vacancy, Fantastic Beasts, Fantastic the Beasts, script, yeah, Cursed Child, Child, yeah, the textbooks, all of them Your are cool on the top Harry shelf. Harry Potter like merchandise and stuff, yeah. Harry Potter shelf, which is really the J.K. Rowling shelf because Casual Vacancy is on there as well. Um, and then the shelf below that is starts to have some DVDs on it, but then also like Divergent and Hunger Games and it some has other your Glee series. collection on it. Well, yeah, What's Glee, yeah. Friends, like Gilmore Girls. Your favourite collections. Yeah. But that's funny because like up but, until recently, up until my book collection got that much out of hand I used to have my favorite DVDs on my bookshelf as well I also interestingly have like half of my bottom shelf like I've got some big Beatles books on there and some larger American hardbacks because they're Mm. all like the same size but interest and my V.E. Schwab slash Victoria Schwab books which I love Mm -hmm. um I also have quite a lot of it taken up with a bunch like my collection of Madison magazines Um, which I'm sure you've seen on there. Um, Some of those were ones that I bought, but then also some of them were old copies that were given to me when I did my work experience there. So that magazine, um, unfortunately, is no longer around. But the reason I wanted to be a journalist or like that I finally was like, 
yes, this is maybe something that I could do when I realized it's not just talking on TV news, was my mum bought me Madison magazine with Emma Watson on the cover. And I read that feature and I was like, oh, I want to do this kind of journalism. I didn't know this existed, which I know is a stupid thing. But I had just always thought like I just always thought journalist. TV news reader and I was like oh, who wants to do that and I still think that it's still not my cup of tea <laughs> no yes Michelle but there is, is a, a lot journalist. more there is a lot more that you can do than just that and that that Emma Watson interview was like me realizing that so Madison's always like very special to me it's funny how you say it's like with Emma Watson on the cover like of all my it was her pixie cut too when she just oh, got cute. her pixie cut yes um of all my magazines varying lots of varying um you know editions and uh publications but um the ones i keep are the ones with um emma watson Mm -hmm. lee michelle or taylor swift on the cover (laughs) (laughs) um even when i was not i i say i was about to say even when i was in the u.s i've never been to the u.s i've been at lax in between australia and mexico um technically counts whatever yeah so in lax i bought two magazines at the airport oh my god they're expensive um (laughs) that had lee michelle on the cover one was like shape and one was like something else oh and i bought a fantastic beasts special edition of like us weekly or something oh really that's so cool i know actually that just popped into my head i need to use it in photos (laughs) anyway um (laughs) One of the, I kind of did something a bit similar when I was in Sydney seeing Adele at the start of the year, I was walking along the street and you know how they have like those cute little like street news stalls that obviously we don't have in little old Rockhampton. Um, I was walking along and like the Fab Four mop top caught my eye and I was like, oh my goodness, what's that? Something to do with the Beatles. I need to possess it. Um, So I walked up and it was a really cool, I feel, I want to say like it was the Times or the Sun. It was a British newspaper had done like a special edition and it's like a magazine, but it's like a bit thicker. Like it's a thick, thick paper, a thick like gloss cardboard sort of thing. Um, and so that was, I mean, gosh, it was probably like the price of a book. It was probably like about $20, but it's really good. Lots of pictures. And I think I want to say it was their first us tour like it the focus was just their first us tour. It's like an anniversary thing. Um, actually it probably, no, because their first us tour was in 1964 and we're in 2017. So it wasn't like, it wasn't, it was just some sort of special thing. That's right. Who knows? I, um, I mean, it could have at the end of 2016, they had the movie eight days a week, which came out from directed by Ron Howard, which I dragged you along to see and you actually enjoyed. Yes, I did. But you did rightly say you never need to see another Beatles movie again yeah. and of course my reaction was but we haven't even got to the studio years Caitlin <laughs> you're only seeing half the story um but I think it could have been like bought out to coincide with that and yeah, it had all maybe. these um new pictures and actually did I mean this is hard considering the amount of Beatles literature I've read and consumed over the years but there were pictures in there that I hadn't seen before and that's always a good sign yeah so yeah that was like a a fun find for me too on like on a street somewhere actually this is um a good little segue Mm. topic of you know collections yes this is things you like books and I guess you know 
that was a magazine, but like books you own just to own them. I have a pretty similar story with a newsstand on the street. Yes. So when I was in, so I just said, yeah, when I was in Mexico, um, I mentioned this before when I was at LAX, but anyway, um, I went to Cuba and to Mexico at the end of 2016. And of course I wasn't looking when I was in Cuba, but I had in Mexico, I had this idea, um, I completely didn't come up with this. I saw it on social media somewhere, but to buy editions of the Harry Potter books in different languages for countries that you visit. So I was looking for... I'm totally stealing it too. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I, but I was looking for a Spanish edition of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And there was actually a book fair on when I was in Oaxaca in Mexico and couldn't freaking find it anywhere. And in Mexico City, couldn't find it anywhere. Like on our second last day... We were there for a week. On, like, a second last day, I was really losing hope. I almost bought Chamber of Secrets. And um, we were walking to this... Oh, I think we were walking to, like, this really tall building. And, like, you could go to, like, the top floor and, like, pay to go on, like, the lookout. But there was a restaurant right on, like, the second top floor. And we were Mm, like, we'll just go up there and have a drink. (laughs) So, um, but we were walking to this building and there was, like, a newsstand bookshop thing just, like, on the street when we got off the bus. And it was there. There were even two editions. (laughs) I picked the prettier one. So, yes, I own... Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in Spanish, or which is Harry Potter Le Piedre Philosophal. Um, but of course, I Spanish pronunciation. Yeah. I love it. But of course, I own it just to own it because I cannot read Spanish, so I'm never going to read the book. <laughs> I don't know so. if I have anything that like I own and don't enjoy because what I'm about to tell you, I do very much enjoy them. But I, it's not like I would look at them all the time, but. I think if if I collect anything, obviously it's Beatles stuff, mm-hmm. and I have a very see mine is Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, but I have a very large collection of like nonfiction Beatles books. And when we were in Brisbane, I was walking along the street. See how many stories start like this? I was, <laughs> I was just walking down the street, <laughs> um, and I saw this tatty old poster um, for. John Lennon and I looked further because of course I was like what John Lennon and then there was like a Beatles one and it was one of their famous like walking down the streets one which is very early Beatles all matching and stuff and Mm -hmm. I I was with my partner at the time and I was like oh my gosh we need to go up there and I dragged him up all these stairs to this record shop that looked like a bit of a junkyard like I can't even tell you what it was called it had all these VCRs and old record players lining the walls it was a total junkyard. Hmm, anyway, sounds kind of cool. <laughs> I know, it was cool. And, okay, this actually is really sad because I found some special edition Beatles records and, you know, I have a record player and I have some records. Wait, you didn't buy any records though? No, because I didn't know how to get them home without breaking them in the yeah. aeroplane. And it was just too much of a risk to spend, like, quite a bit of money on records and then, like, maybe have them damaged so I sadly left them there but there were some additions that like they weren't just the normal album covers they were like special American covers or special Australian covers but I was like no you don't need them it's fine you can leave them there um so I mean there'll always be another time I'll find some more um 
But while I was there, I was looking in like their book section mm-hmm. part of it and kind of hidden down the back. I had to like clamor over something and like reach down and pull out this copy of the Beatles anthology, which like if anyone's familiar with the Beatles and don't worry if you're not, I'm about to educate you. Um, <laughs> in the 90s, the re- then remaining Beatles, which were um, Paul, George and Ringo, plus their producer, George Martin, who only passed away um, last year. And like their roadie, Neil Epstein, uh, Neil Epstein, I don't think that's it, no, Neil Aspinall, sorry, um, who had been like their high school friend and then come on as their roadie and Mal Evans, who was another friend who then came on as their roadie and other people involved in like the Beatles story Mm -hmm. all sat down for these mega interviews and they did eight, like one and a half to two hour episodes basically chronicling from like the time they were born how they became the Beatles which is a huge story in itself all the way through their careers um and then the interviews that they um obviously John couldn't do the interviews because he was dead but what they did very cleverly was find old archive footage of when he had done interviews when he was alive and like when he was talking about subjects that they were discussing. So it was like he was part of it. And then to coincide with it, they also released two songs, Free as a Bird and Real Love, which are really beautiful songs that they, the, the remaining Beatles added to what were demo tapes that they had found that John had like written and like started to record. So they added to it and they made like new Beatles music. And as part of that, they also, like, obviously, I have the DVDs. I think my mum bought them for me for Christmas when I was, like, 15 or 16. And I just, I've watched them so many times. I love them. They are brilliant. Um, But they also produced this massive book. And this was the book that I found. And so, I mean, hello, I just talked about how all my books are pristine. The cover, the dust jacket, was all, like, None of it was ripped, but it was like indented and stuff Mm. more than what you can fix really. Um, And so I, there was no price on it. So I was like, oh, how much is this? And the guy like had no clue. Um, And he started looking it up online and he was like, oh, sometimes they go for like 170 or whatever. And I was like, yeah, if they're new, but this isn't new. And he's like, oh, some would go for like 70 or 80. And I was like, yeah, again, this is not in excellent condition. And he's like, oh, that's just the dust jacket. And I was like, well, actually, you haven't seen my other books. This is like very damaged by my standard. It's very damaged. The dust jacket is part of the book, though. It's like you're not just going to take the dust jacket off and be like, oh, this book's brand new. It's like, well, no, because it doesn't have a dust jacket. Yeah, no, although I might do that because the dust jacket is pretty damaged. But anyway. Mm. um, Either way, you have. Either way, I was like, I was like. Because I'm thinking, like, I've got a $50 note. I was like, oh, I really don't want to pay $50, but I'll offer $50. So I was like, $50. And he's like, $65. And, like, this went on until he he was like, $52.50. And I was like, $50. And then he was like, oh, fine. I don't want it anyway. And, like, gave it to me um, for that price. And I was like, oh, good. Like, you don't even you don't even want it. You didn't even know anything about it. But it is um, – I had a quick flick through – um, when I, when I bought it and, um, 
it is it's got like all it's like transcripts from interviews with them yeah combined with the photos really beautiful product like official apple product because if you don't know apple was actually the name of the company that the beatles um made in i think it was 67 and so their later records have like a green apple on them and their double records like white album the first cd of the first record has a green apple and the second has like an apple cut in half it's so clever oh that's cool and um apparently um like apple the company who makes the max yeah tried to take woolworths to court for their you know their new logo that they came up with a few years ago that's like an apple peel in the shape in the w yeah and i was just like excuse me apple you didn't actually come up with the name or the logo the beatles had it first anyway so that's a little bit of fun trivia none of you probably wanted to know um but yeah that's I, i collect i think i probably have about 10 like they're very i had to leave them with my mum for years and she finally made me like take them and they are a huge stack of really big thick hardback you know those huge coffee table yep. books like all your Beatles nonfiction and stuff yeah, yeah like they are huge books there is one though that's really cool I'm pretty sure it's called treasures see I don't even know what they're called <laughs> pretty sure it's called treasures of the Beatles and it has like it has like a little case and you pull it out of the case and Ooh, it's like a little hardback it's a bit fancy. book yeah wait until I tell you what's inside it has all these things you can pull out so they've printed like little tickets like little replica tickets and little replica posters from when the Beatles used to be like they would have before they were big enough to just be the Beatles and they had opening acts like Helen Shapiro and stuff they would have those really cool old-fashioned posters you know and so they have like replicas of all them that you can like pull out and I think that's probably my favorite just because of that element of like the little tickets and stuff so yeah that but um I I think a lot of them I try and like when I look for a Beatles book I try and look for one that has photos that or like elements that I haven't seen before. Yeah, you're not just getting any generic book. Yeah, and so some some are more val- like more valuable than others in term for me in terms of like oh this has got a bunch of information I haven't seen before or a bunch yeah. of pictures I've never seen, um, which like I said by this stage in my Beatlemania it's kind of hard when I'm like for me to be like oh gosh that's a new picture. Yeah, like I've seen most of them by now. I know. So. Well, that's funny, isn't it? I mean. That's you know. just a little insight into how much I love the Beatles. Like, I'm crazy about I mean, this shit. I think it's pretty clear. Um, <laughs> I know. I mean, and I guess my version of that is Harry Potter. And I guess if mm. we're going to talk about book collections, I have all seven books in paperback, four of them in hardback in the same editions. Is I that, want... Is that the editions, like, that we're all The British editions, with? yeah. yeah. Um, I want, I do not have, a full new set of newer edition like of newer covers because would they be the ones with like the new illustrations that are yeah. kind of yeah, yeah yeah I think I want them um but mainly that's because all of the other editions I own are actually secondhand except mm. for maybe the last three Harry Potter books um the rest are all secondhand um but yeah. it's interesting because when we were in a bookstore in Brisbane 
you told me there was a particular cover that you really dislike, which actually like is the, one of my favorites. I don't like the colorful ones. The I'm pop sure. art sort of. Yeah. I love them. I, I think they're so gorgeous. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I, I mean, just think it's yeah. cool. I think it's interesting. Though. I mean, yeah, they're not what all for like. everyone. Whereas so. I'm not. I mean, the illustration ones are beautiful, but like if I was to buy a new set, I'd You'd go the with the colour yeah. pop art ones. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't quite made up my mind, but I don't think I like the pop art ones the best. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Where was I? Harry Potter questions. Um, to be honest, I have a feeling one day you'll own them all anyway. Yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, I already said I also have a copy of the first one in Spanish. Yes. I have the Hufflepuff hardback edition. Yes. I have all of the illustrated ones that are currently out and I will get the rest of them. I also will get illustrated Fantastic Beasts because damn, oh, that's going to be beautiful. That looks so beautiful. And History of Magic. <gasps> and be- I have Beetle the Bard and Quidditch <laughs> and Fantastic Beasts already. Oh, and I desperately have wanted the page to screen and the creature vault and the all those... Like the, they're more about yeah. like the movies, like the props and costumes and the mm. everything like that. But oh damn, I want them so bad. Yeah, that's that's oh like that's like my Beatles collections. I just yeah. it's pictures and not necessarily like there are a couple of ones that have a lot of good information. Yeah. Um, but there are some. There is literally one I think I've got called the Beatles on camera off guard, which also came with like a DVD. Oh, cool. Um, but that is literally just rare and unseen photos, and they had versions for like the Rolling Stones or the Doors. Like oh, there was yeah. a, it was a series that must have come out, and they were rare and unseen ones for me. So that oh, was good. good. But then yeah. there was another one which I feel like was you know how I said the magazine was like the Sun or the Times. Yeah. This other one, which is my basically my basic comprehensive history of the Beatles Mm -hmm. was the same it was like a newspaper produced one and that one is it's like the anthology in that it's start to finish but not like the anthology is different in that it's all told through the people who were there where the other the other one is like just experiences it's just like dates and stuff with some quotes but it has like a timeline running through it um and then there is another book that I dearly want to buy but have never found and it's from our library and the reason I want it even though it's basically another history of the Beatles is because that was the first I think that was the first one after I got interested in the Beatles and had looked at them online a bit that was the first one where I went to the library and got that book and it was like told me everything oh so and yeah. so i you kind want of it, want like, it because it's yeah, yeah it's a bit sentimental for me oh that's really nice well okay on this are there mm. any other books that you i guess want to own just to collect them well i want to do the harry potter thing as well with like yeah different, with different editions. language editions yeah. yeah um and i also have the ravenclaw hardback edition um but the other one is um, probably like classics. I really like the vintage classics editions of Jane Austen's books and like the Bronte yeah. books. Bronte they're sisters, kind of like yeah. matte, but then they have some foiling on them as well. And they're kind of like a bit of a modern print. But see, I already have some copies of like, I have the blue classic versions of like persuasion and pride and prejudice and stuff so i literally would be getting them purely for a pretty cover yeah i actually have a weird thing that i want to get all the books that i read well 
not all because there were a few that I didn't like, but I want to get all the books that I read in high school for English That's or a for good drama. Idea. Yeah. So I've done that with a couple like the book thief I actually read for school and I didn't own a copy and I bought a copy. I'd like to get a nice copy of the book thief. Mine's an old yeah, second you don't like but... your edition, do you? Um it's all right, but it's just an, a very battered one that I got from my mum, yeah, which I wouldn't enough. want to get rid of, but I like yours is the red edition yeah. and it's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the other ones is um, A Thousand Splendid Sons, um, which eventually lent to you. Is, um, I've been trying to make it my read bookshelf. It. Yeah. Um, but yes, I read that when I was in year 10. Um, and then there's like Shakespeare plays and that that I read and some other plays I read for drama I read this one called The Pink Twins that I actually oh, really I've never really heard of that liked. well I mean it's like Australian you know um, The Pink Twins actually I'll give you a little bit of a rundown mm. it was about these actually you would really like it there was a lot about the Beatles <laughs> what oh it my won- god I'm there yeah we watched <laughs> Here Comes the Sun is like featured um, we had to song. <laughs> Yeah, we had to analyse it. We didn't get to perform this one. Um, but there were some others that we performed, like um, like some other gothic ones and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. I've got, like, lists and stuff like that. I just can't remember all the names off the top of my head. Um, but other books I read in English is, like, Brave New World, um, Frankenstein. Um, one that we said, both did not, which we've mentioned before, is To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, or Romeo and Juliet. Or I actually have... Of- a school battered old little paperback edition of To Kill a Mockingbird because I told my English teacher that when I was leaving and she like gave me one of the school copies that they were just like going to throw out. Oh, cool. Which is kind of cute. But I also, there are some really pretty covers of that that I kind of want, but I should make myself read it first. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Um, I think that's cool though to collect all the books you read in high school. That's nice. Well, because I mean, a lot of them, I mean... Not all. The ones I enjoyed. One I actually mm. had to read when I was like year nine was like The if Ranger's Apprentice and I hated it. Yeah, if there's one that you hate, don't get that. Yeah. But, I mean, you could get some really nice editions of like Shakespeare ones. Exactly. Mm. I have a complete collection of Shakespeare or whatever that I've never really opened. I found it at a secondhand shop. It's Oh, um, that's cool. Red hardback and it's just like, you know, all the plays and poems and stuff like did that. Did you guys do The Crucible? We did that. Um, I didn't. Some other classes did. <laughs> Classic uh, case. How many times have I said that on this podcast? I mean, Jasper Jones. Other classes did yes. it. I did the book thief. Yeah. When it, when my whole grade was Two doing rooms. Romeo and Juliet, my class did The Merchant of Venice. Who mm. cares? To be honest, I'd rather that than Romeo and Juliet. I'm not a fan of that. But anyway. It was actually really funny because <laughs> when I did this will give away, when I did Romeo and Juliet in school, Romeo and Juliet was coming out oh. in theatres and we were like Gosh. the only class not doing Romeo and Juliet but we weren't allowed to like miss out on like the school excursion. <laughs> oh you didn't go and see it at the cinemas did you? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and everyone watched um, Shakespeare in Love. And oh no yeah. we did the we did the Baz Luhrmann version. I'm pretty sure they watched that as well but like in class mm. Shakespeare in Love was like an after school thing or something I think. Um, yeah. So we just went anyway for for laughs um my favorite though was when we did the taming of the shrew and obviously we watched 10 things i hate about you but we also watched this really random like i think it was like bbc version with forgive me i'm really bad at actors names who played moaning myrtle 
she was the shrew in it. Oh, cool. I know. It was really good. And I wish I knew. I, it I, may even just be called The Taming of the Shrew. It would be super easy for me to look it up, but I'm so lazy. That's right. Check but out it, show notes. But it would be a re- like, I would because, love to watch it again. That was good. Yes. She's really good, that actress. I cannot remember her name, but she's also in, in Bridget, Bridget Jones. Jones. Yeah. Awesome. I love her. I think um, you'd enjoy it. And I, oh, and Wild Child. Oh, yeah. Puppy Moore. Dead. No. Oh, <laughs> that was Sorry. probably really loud. Sorry. Sorry about that, everybody. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, you've got a bit of an insight about how paranoid we are about organizing our bookshelves and, you know, grubby editions and <sighs> wanting the pretty, pretty covers. Actually, and- no, that was something I wanted to talk about before we kind of stopped was yeah. the whole pretty covers thing I do sometimes feel conflicted because I guess the nature of being book bloggers and being on Instagram I feel like it has created a culture where we are just wanting books just for the pretty picture and that kind of sometimes I like it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable or a bit bad that like I mean, I guess it's good because it keeps the book industry going when we're all buying books, but I would hate for people who are like teenagers or people who just generally don't have the disposable income to feel like they have to keep up with all the new books. Like we're talking about this, but I mean, the Harry Potter thing is kind of a thing with that, isn't it? Like buying illustrated editions or house editions. Yeah. Like teenagers... I'm thinking teenagers especially because they're probably more susceptible to feeling the need to fit in. I know I did. That's why I'm like, obviously not everyone's the same, but Mm -hmm. just going on how I felt as a teenager, um, I just, it makes me worried. Like, because obviously we're doing this, we're in positions where we're really lucky we both have full-time jobs and we have that disposable income. But I mean, we've talked about this before. We didn't buy books as much when we were in high school we would no, borrow from the did. library all or the when time I was at uni or anything I never and I, I ne- think that's yeah. something as well now I give myself permission to indulge in books because I also as someone who's earning money it's like okay I've had all those years where I utilize the library and stuff it's like okay now is my time to like give yeah. back to the book industry and support you know support Australian bookstores and Australian authors and Australian publishers by buying books while I can and then you know what maybe one day in the future I might not have as much disposable income and back to the library I'll go but for now it's a luxury that I can afford and one that I like to think I'm doing (laughs) doing a bit of good but like I, I want to support our amazing publishers, our amazing, like, I wish that we could go to more indie bookstores because you guys, like, we follow a lot of you on Instagram and you all look amazing. Like, look at places like Readings and, like, Avid Reader in Brisbane and stuff like that. And my favourite is Bookface in Pacific Fair and I always go and buy, like, a new stack of books when I go to the Gold Coast. Um, I wish we could go more often because, like, I would love to support you guys, but, like, I feel like Dimmicks at least is, like, the best that we can do online. Um, But, yeah, I just... I just would hate for people to feel this need to like buy stuff or or maybe get themselves in a difficult financial position because they want to keep up with the Joneses and like I don't like that culture because shouldn't we all just be accepting of everyone and be like hey you're reading a book like that's awesome it doesn't it doesn't matter that it has a library barcode on it in your picture even though 
I hate that. So it's like yeah. it's like a constant thing I have to keep saying to myself exactly. like don't don't buy stuff you don't need just because you know, I don't know, it's a constant it's a constant thing and it's something I feel uncomfortable about but as you can probably hear I can't quite articulate my feelings. Yeah. Actually, and, you know, we are sorry. no Sorry, someone who wrote a really good blog post that made me think about this was Mariam. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And I'll find it and link it because it just made me stop and think like, oh, yeah, like about the consumerism driving Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a, you know, I mean, it's the highlight reel. And I guess we sort of struggle with that because, you know, we want, you know, new books for pretty pictures and everything. Mm -hmm. But I like to think that I'm still pretty good with it and I don't buy books that I'm not going to read. Just well, because... that's the thing. I buy books and I'm always intending to read them. It's just oh, life like, gets in the way. I know, but like <laughs> if there's like, you know, this new popular book that I don't find interesting, like I don't oh, find yeah, appealing no, or whatever, like no. I won't buy it just for the photo. The only way that would get into my house is if I got a copy through a publisher that I didn't actually ask for. And usually I try and give it away yeah. to friends or to people who want it on Twitter or whatever. Um, yeah, no, I would never buy But there are sometimes that like, okay – how much did we both want to buy every house edition of the Philosopher's Stone? It's taken a lot of energy to not even buy the paperback and the version hardback. Of, yeah. So, like, look, that's a thing where we both were like, oh, we, we both – we had this conversation. We were like, oh, we want them so bad. And then both of us looked at each other and were like, like – But we don't no, need them. We, we only – we got our I house. mean, we don't really need the house editions either if we're being completely no, realistic. Not. But, I mean, if we're going to indulge, we just got the one. Yeah. And, and yeah, um, that's – I think that's kind of more – yeah. But, like, if you've got the financial ability to do that and you want to do that, that's exactly. fine. Like, and if you, you want can to do collect, that, like, but I just yeah. – I just – I – I don't want anyone yeah, to, if looking at Instagram to ever be like, oh, I can't have a successful Instagram or I can't be a good blogger or I can't take cool book pictures because I don't own those particular editions. Like that's yeah. what I mean. I would hate for that. Exactly. But if you, if you want to collect books and that's, you know, you want all the Harry Potter ones, you go do, you do you girl, you yeah. do you. Just exactly. never feel like you have to do someone else. That came out a bit weirder than I intended. Yeah. Just you do you. you <laughs> Let's leave it at that. You do you. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I guess that is all the insight and more than you really need into our crazy book collections. Um, Ask me about the Beatles anytime. Yes, I got Mich- plenty. <laughs> yeah, Michelle could like teach a freaking university course on it. Actually. I remember reading once that you could do like a master's in like Beatles studies. You totally can in Harry Potter and like I'm going to. I, I want to do God. that but you can only do it like at Liverpool University. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Yeah, she'll get I'm there eventually. <laughs> One day I'm just going to do it just purely and I'll probably be in the class and be like, oh, I know this already. Like, <laughs> God. Boring. I'm bored. Hey, actually, by the time we like air this, hopefully I will have done my Liverpool tour of Beatles. Liverpool tour of Beatles. Oh my goodness. Beatles tour of Liverpool. Thank Check you. out her Instagram, oh, Unfinished so Bookshelf and The Unfinished Journey. Yes, which is my new, like, a bit more travel y, trying to just keep Unfinished Bookshelf for the books. <laughs> yes, All so. those pretty editions that I'm going to be buying. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway, 
Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Castbox, all those Whatever you're listening all on. those freaking apps. We don't we can't even keep track. <laughs> We're trying hard to keep track, but let us know if there's any ones that are missing that you'd like us to get on. Yeah. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Better Words Pod. Like our Facebook page, Better Words Podcast, and check out our website, betterwordspodcast.com. You can find all our show notes and most transcriptions there. We're getting there slowly. We're getting there. It'll it's be a slow right. process. It's only the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. We love you for listening. Thank you for joining us. See Bye. you later. Bye.